Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the third or the twelfth episode of the Generation Jag Generation Jaguar podcast. Thanks for uh, joining us today. We've got a lot to get into, so we're going to go ahead and skip the intro song that usually takes about thirty seconds to a minute. We need everyone we can get. That's right. We've got <laughs> Scott Klein here with me today, my co-host. How you doing, Scott? Doing a lot better this week than I have been. <laughs> yeah, I think we all are. You have a nice Christmas with the kids and all that. Oh yeah. Scott's daughter, uh, it looked like she got herself a pink Jeep for Christmas. <laughs> that thing was the bane of my existence, Christmas Eve. <laughs> Did you have to put it together? There's like How does that work? 500 parts to before. it. I was like, okay, yeah, it shouldn't be that hard. It's a Barbie Jeep. It took me like three and a half hours. <laughs> Sounds about right. Welcome to parenthood, right? Yeah, for real. Um, so, one of the things we have to get into today is... Trent Dilfer, who's an analyst for ESPN and actually was a quarterback in the NFL as well. A lot and of people probably don't know that. Kind of a hack job. I mean, <laughs> he's all right. I don't, I don't hate him as a uh, analyst. I don't agree with him always, and today I certainly did not agree with him. But he joined WEEI in Boston today to talk a little bit about Josh McDaniels and potentially him. Josh McDaniels leaving to become a head coach, and uh, they got onto the subject of the Jaguars, uh, the hosts and Trent did, and so we're going to go ahead and play you some audio from that show, uh, and then we're going to unpack what they said. It's Let me guess, it's just a bunch of fart jokes? And yeah, just fart jokes. <laughs> no. Uh, Not taking anything seriously about the Jaguars? We'll break, we'll break it down. We'll let you listen to it, let you make your judgments, and then we'll break it down for you. So uh, we do have to warn you there's a lot of inaccurate and offensive language in this audio clip, but here goes nothing. Is Blake Bortles the great quarterback that everybody was hyping coming into the year or the poor mechanics guy that we're now hearing about? I think he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. And I like Blake as a person, um, and I think he showed some grit and determination um, early on, but at the end of the day, you got to go spin it. 
I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of quarterbacks that, hey, give us the one thing you have to be able to do. And some guys will say tough. Some guys will basically say smart. Some guys will say process. But they'll all say one thing. you got to be able to spin it. you got to be able to control the ball. you got to be able to look. you got to be able to look in a very small area ahead of where the receiver is and throw it right there the majority of the time. And Blake has a really hard time with that. He's just not a great passer. I think he's a very good athlete. I think he's a tough kid. Um, but I think he makes some panic decisions, and I think he is a terrible passer. Um, so I don't think that's a good job. And I think Jacksonville is a terrible city um, for an NFL franchise. So I know this sounds harsh. I'm usually not the guy that kind of gives the, you know, sledgehammer comment. Uh, but I feel strongly about that. I would not want to coach Blake Bortles, and I would not want to be in Jacksonville. And I've got to believe that Josh doesn't want to, want to either. Sounds like somebody urinated in your Cheerios this morning. <laughs> I'm actually in a really good mood. <laughs> trying to be honest on that one. I, we sit in the war room every week at ESPN and watch every game, and we're pretty open and honest. And and last year I thought Blake was okay. Yeah, he threw for big yards, but a lot of it was junk yardage, and a lot of it was great playmaking by his receivers. This year now, I mean, it, it was egregiously. I played some bad football now. Like, I played some really bad quarterback mm-hmm. in the NFL. I don't remember ever coming close to playing that type of quarterback where you just have no idea where the ball is going. Relieves your hand. I'll tell you, you just gave us a bunch of great headlines. Bortles, the worst yeah. quarterback in the NFL. Jacksonville sucks. Well, that, I, I that's love a it. I'm with you on Jacksonville. No, that is sure. just that is that I would I would kick them out of the United States, uh, that city, if I could. But, <laughs> well, I but, think they're going to. I think they're the team is. Yeah. I don't think that's a joke. No, you're. I mean, it's, it's great honesty, though, Trent. I appreciate that. Now we we earlier. So, that was uh, two of the most. Painful minutes you'll ever hear as a Jaguar fan, obviously. There's a lot of inaccuracies in there. Uh, I think, for one, we should start with uh, the fact that Trent is pretty accurate and the fact that Bortles has been pretty pretty terrible this year. And yeah. For a lot of the games, you really haven't known, just like he said, where the ball's going to go when it gets released and uh, if it's going to be accurate or not. Now... That's about the only thing that he said in there that was uh, accurate. Um, he said Blake Portals is the worst quarterback in the NFL. I can think of several quarterbacks that I would... We played against several yes, this year. Yes, <laughs> Brock Osweiler for one. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, Blake's... Yeah, he's not been great this year, but the guy still has... Is, he's going to get close to 25 touchdowns. I mean, he's going to probably get he's close probably, to 4,000 yards. Uh, this is probably the second best season... By a quarterback in Jaguars history. Statistically. Statistically. Obviously, it's not in terms of, you know, efficiency and guiding your team to victories. But, you know, just to say Blake is the worst quarterback in football, I think that's absolutely crazy. Maybe he's saying that because he's got a little bit of experience on his own own end about some terrible football play. Yeah, speaking of some uh, interesting numbers here, Tad Dickman, who's the PR senior manager for the Jaguars, he had a little bit of a fun tweet following Trent's uh, little tirade there about the Jaguars. He tweeted, Bortles through 45 career games, 68 touchdowns, 51 interceptions, 10,940 passing yards. Player X through 45 games, 29 touchdowns, 49 interceptions, and only 7,500 passing yards. Now, can you make a guess as to who Player X might be? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Unbelievable when you actually look at the numbers. Yeah, I mean, about for for Trent Dilfer to say 
that he has never played as bad of quarterback as Blake Bortles is playing right now is just ludicrous. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. The guy almost doubled his uh, touchdowns with interceptions, and even despite not being in a passing offense like Blake Bortles is, he's thrown 49 interceptions through 45 career games. Only two less than Blake Bortles, despite, I'm sure, many less attempts in that time span. So, I mean, Trent, just shut the hell up. I mean, yeah, Blake Bortles isn't having a great year. He might not be the guy for the future for the Jaguars. But to say he's the worst quarterback and then to say that you've never played quarterback as bad as he's playing right now, you're just flat out wrong. Yeah, I mean, when you look at he was on a terrible team in Tampa. Not much unlike the team that Blake Bortles is on and has been on. Right. But yeah, when, you when go, Blake Bortles started, there was a lot less sta- talent than there is now. He started 16 games in Tampa in 95. Granted, it was his first year starting. Four touchdowns and 18 interceptions. Jeez Louise. Yeah. That's not nearly as bad as Blake Bortles. <laughs> that is some of... That's an unbelievable stat line. It is. Four touchdowns yards. and 18 interceptions. That's just it sounds. He quadrupled his touchdowns now he with got, interceptions in that season. He got better the next year. He went twelve touchdowns, nineteen interceptions. Oh wow! Bravo, Trent. So he, he tripled his touchdown output. But now, obviously, we could attract Trent all day. He's most likely the worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl, and a steaming pile of garbage could have probably won the Super Bowl for the Ravens that year with that defense that they had. And but. look and his play was average. Oh I yeah, mean, it he, was not it was nothing spectacular. I mean, maybe not even average. It was not good, but yeah, Trent you're just wrong about that. And then to go on after talking about Blake Bortles who whatever, if you don't like a player that's fine. I don't care. Uh, but to move on to the city and say that Jacksonville isn't isn't a good city, basically, for a football team. And he gave a long pause in between Jacksonville not being a good city and then for an NFL team. So at first it almost seemed like he was just flat out saying Jacksonville sucks. But then he kind of backtracked and just said Jacksonville sucks as an NFL town, which it most certainly doesn't. We have some amazing, amazing fans that despite, despite being the second smallest market in the NFL – only to Green Bay, which obviously Green Bay is a small market, but they are not a small fan base. Um, You know, for this team to really pack out the stadiums like they have been, and uh, last week against Tennessee was evident of that. The the stadium was packed and it was loud. Yeah, I was was surprised at how many people were. It was awesome, and they were wearing teal and black. They weren't wearing powder blue. They weren't eating mayo out of the jar. So, yeah, for him to insult the city is just ridiculous. And then I'm not sure which host it was that went on to say, yeah, I would like to remove Jacksonville from the United States. Like, what? He wants to take our city from the United States. Like, what did Jacksonville do to you, bro? It's just it's just the (laughs) national attitude. It's like we're 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 just fun to just throw shade at and just down talk us and treat us like we're second class citizens and then people just pile on because that's the cool thing to do it's like dude have you ever been to jacksonville they i guarantee the only times he's been here is does he does he even even travel does the monday night football crew even travel 
not the Monday Night Football. I'm sorry, the football. The ESPN guys. The live. Uh, yeah. I think he does travel, but I mean that's not the point. The point is like, what did Jacksonville do to him to make him hate Jacksonville so much? Um, and for the other guy, the other host to be piling on is just ridiculous. And uh, quite frankly, it's good. Stay away from Jacksonville. We don't need you here. Yeah, we'll enjoy our, our world's largest outdoor scoreboards, our pools, our beautiful beaches, our wonderful aquatic and river life, our, uh, our awesome beach bars and all that. You know, yeah, we can keep that to ourselves. You just stay <laughs> out of Jacksonville, okay? Uh, yeah, it's it, it's be almost beach weather today. Yeah, yeah. And it's, by the way, it's almost, uh, December 29th right now, and you could have gone to the beach today if you wanted to in Jacksonville. Sounds, How's weather up there in Boston? Awful. Yeah, just ridiculous. So these guys are obviously a bunch of hacks. Um, these people that were hosting the show today weren't even the regular hosts. The regular hosts of this show, Dale and Holly, were... Probably on vacation, maybe in somewhere like Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville. Um, and their their fill-ins obviously have no idea what the hell they're talking about and really don't have any idea how to be professional on the radio. Let's kick Jacksonville out of the United States. That's just <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, so uh, we could go on all day about this, but um, we already mentioned Tad Dickman, the Jaguars PR guy. He had a little fun with it, but the Jaguars are also having a little fun with it themselves on their Twitter account. They asked Jaguar fans and just people from the city of Jacksonville to uh, go ahead and tweet why they think Jacksonville is a great sports town and just a great town in general. And uh, if you want to go ahead and participate in that on Twitter, just hashtag YJax. That's W-H-Y-J-A-X. And, uh, you know... Show some pictures of why Jacksonville's great or just uh, tweet out some uh, thoughts on what you have there. Let's show uh, Trent Dilfer. You know, we have we have no problem going to bat for our town, and oh. we will all day. And uh, you should go ahead and tag Trent Dilfer in that, too. He's at TDESPN. So, uh, he better not be talking about Jaguars when we're, back, when we're coming up on top. Yeah, I don't know when that'll be. <laughs> it might be a while. Yeah, if you're not you, here with us now, there's no room on back. the bandwagon. That's right. So uh, whether or not Blake Bortles is the quarterback of the future, his comments were just absolutely ridiculous. And uh, now that we've gone on a 13-minute uh, tirade attacking Trent Dilfer <laughs> and WEI, uh, we're going to have to uh, get back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Uh, again, this is the Generation Jaguar podcast. I'm Jordan DeLugo. I'm here with my co-host, Scott Klein. You can find him on Twitter, at ScottKlein1. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Jordan DeLugo. And uh, you can find Generation Jaguar online at GenJag.com. We've got all the latest news and analysis on all things Jaguars. Uh, we've got the hottest young fan group in Jacksonville cheering on our Jags and... Um, you can also follow Generation Jaguar on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar and on Twitter at Generation Jag. So before we get into the Jags vs. Titans recap, which is easily the most fun recap that we will have to do all year, uh, let's talk a little bit about our tailgate, or excuse me, not tailgate, our watch party coming up 
this Sunday, which is um, New Year's Day, obviously. So it might be a little rough for all of us, but we're still going to make it out mm-hmm. to Brick's Tap House in Jacksonville Beach. Um, they do a free cookout every Sunday of Jags game. So anybody that wants to come out and join us, you can enjoy some great drink specials and a free cookout. Again, that's at Brick's Tap House in Jacksonville Beach. So, Scott, Jags Titans, 38-17. Who called that? I, man, I, me. I was so pessimistic about the rest of the season. Just It looked like the Titans were rolling. They were playing good football. They just come off a of game uh, beating the Chiefs. Yeah, in Kansas City in the really, really who, tough weather. Who just handled Denver. Right. Um, man, it was it – was, and right out of the gate, too. It looked different. Yeah, it was a different feeling around the team. You know, I, I think a lot of weight was lifted off the shoulders yeah. of all the players mm-hmm. and all the coaches once Gus was gone because it, everybody knew it was inevitable that he would be gone at mm-hmm. some point. And I think it was just really hard for them to get their mind right, regardless of what they say. Yeah. Because they're obviously not going to say... Because your coach is basically a dead man walking. Yeah. And, and that's a lot of pressure to be like... A lot of that falls on our shoulders. Exactly. And so I don't know if people are pressing, trying to make every single play that they can, and just yeah. worrying too much about it. Yeah. But now, Marone did change some things. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously hard to change a lot in only a short week, a week really, less than a week he had to prepare. But, you know, he did change some things. He had the guys do their uh, walkthrough inside the stadium. Whether that has any impact on anything, I doubt. I but the ground crew wasn't too happy. <laughs> they, had to, yeah. they had to rush some and extra work. patch it up. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he changed some of the meeting times and some of the, way, some of the ways the meetings were going about. And whatever, whatever it was, it worked. And obviously we've seen with other teams where an interim head coach will come in and there's a spark of life, and it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Sort of like with the Miami Dolphins last year with Dan Campbell. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. they got off to an amazing start after they fired Joe Philbin, and Dan Campbell was the head coach. But sometimes that's not sustainable. Now, this is a different situation, in my opinion, because Doug Marone has head coaching experience. And from everything I see, he he seems like a better just coach and Gus Bradley uh it it bothered me every single time they showed Gus Bradley on the sidelines he was just sitting there just like with a blank stare on his face no matter when they cut to him he was never talking to players he was never talking to assistants he was never talking into his headset to the guy upstairs he was just sitting there staring yeah for whatever reason I mean Gus is strategies didn't work like you like you say you know maybe he wasn't able to just manage games and manage watching the game taking everything in from the game and then also communicating with his players on Mm. the sideline and all that going up to them when they're sitting on the bench and telling them what they need to hear and I think Doug Marone does that I think Doug Marone is honest extremely honest to the media um I think that he is just a really knowledgeable football guy. And like I've said before, in my estimation, he's got to be a top five candidate for the Jaguars. For me, he would be the number three candidate. But, you know, 
we can get into a little bit more of that later. Let's get back into what actually happened with the Jaguars and Titans. <laughs> Blake Bortles played probably the best game of his career against the yeah. Titans. And it's he put he 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 wasn't perfect, but his receivers finally made plays and helped them out. Yeah, and people were getting open, you know. Allen mm-hmm. Robinson helped out a lot, but looking at Bortles' stats, I mean, it is like if you go up and down and look at his stats from this year, it is just like you would definitely take the Tennessee game and say that's not the same quarterback. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. 26 of 38 passing, that's 68%. He hasn't gotten anywhere close to that this year. Um, 63 was the highest. Yeah, well, I, he's got a 65 or two, but, you know, 68% is reaching elite status. And, uh, you know... One touchdown pass, one touchdown reception <laughs> that was uh, from Marquise Lee. You know, Marquise <laughs> threw a beautiful pass. Maybe he needs to get some reps at QB. He said that was the first time he's ever thrown a pass. In a game, in a yeah. Game. That's pretty amazing. But, you know, Bortles said that they actually, that was definitely planned going into the game. And they actually were set up to run that play five times, but... They kept not getting the right look, yeah. so they would have to not run it. But <laughs> well, that they time got the they right got the right look, one. and uh, it worked out <laughs> to perfection. Um, you know, maybe Blake, if he doesn't work out as a quarterback, maybe you can go put him at tight end. He was or being recruited at a tight end at <laughs> yeah, high school. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, that was okay, beautiful. That was a joke. Don't please don't. Quote yeah. Don't run to your friends and say, oh, the Jen Jack podcast, guys. They said, you know, Blake Bortles should be a tight end. No, he shouldn't. We're kidding, obviously. But uh, he made an incredible play, and Lee made an incredible pass. Uh, Now, getting to, you know, Blake Bortles is probably the most disappointing single player for the Jaguars this year. Mm. Now, Allen Robinson might be the second most, but he had won a hell of a game. I believe he had nine catches for 140-something yards. Uh, just It was his most complete game of the season, and they went in with a little bit of a different strategy for him this week. They moved him around to several different receiver spots, which usually Allen is the type of guy that's just playing the one position, mm-hmm. the one wide receiver position. And uh, this week they moved him around a bit more, and uh, that was a tough challenge for him, but it worked for him well because... I don't yeah. think that the Titans could really key on how to defend him. Yeah, when you when you have a guy who's coming at you the same place, the same way every single time, you can adjust to that. And it's and it's hard to be creative when you're kind of slotting yourself into one thing. Yeah. There's only so many things you can do from that one position, whereas giving them different looks, moving them around, um, it just it's just another wrinkle. Right. That's like Okay, he's not always going to be on the number one guy unless they're shadowing him. But then, who does that leave open? Right. So I think it's a strategy they got to try to employ yeah. again next week and moving on in the future. Move the guys around. Don't let the defense just key in on what they're going to be doing. Yeah, because it's, it's not like Marquise Lee is slotted as a slot guy. I mean, right. any of your wide receivers, Allen Hearns, Allen Robinson, Marquise Lee, can go anywhere. Yeah, any of those guys have this necessary skill set to play in the slot, play the X or the Y receiver, and they're very or the different Z, players. Know. Right, but, but they, they've all they got can... the skill set mm-hmm. to do it. You know, they've all got enough speed and quickness and uh, to run the slot, and then they've all they've all got the 
necessary size and, uh, you know, leaping ability and all that to be true outside receivers as well. Man, he made some catches this week that was unreal. Yeah. Yeah, Allen Robinson definitely played his best game of the year, and he really looked like 2015 Allen Robinson. It was awesome to see. Now, speaking of somebody playing awesome, Jalen Ramsey does it again. For the past four weeks, he's been the number one rated cornerback in football. Uh, And this game, he just had an amazing game. Four pass breakups. He should have had three interceptions, legitimately. He He dropped two interceptions, but... The one he was able to hang on to, he was able to return for his first pick six of his career. And uh, he is simply playing cornerback like we've never seen in Jacksonville before. He's going to be a superstar. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. He is a star. The way he's playing right now, he is a star. Yeah. He's the best. Is he the best player on the Jaguars to you? Like, without a doubt? Without even hesitating. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's close. And um, it's just, he hasn't even played a full season in yeah. the NFL yet. He's nowhere near his potential yet, but he is he's a freak. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He gets he gets his hands on balls, you know, lately better than anyone I've seen. And uh, now he's starting to actually pick him off. That's two straight games with an interception for him. So just how physical he can be and how yeah. quickly he can break on the ball. It's, he's able to do things that you a, don't see. He's an unbelievable athlete. We keep trying to come up with a really good comparison for him, but I don't think there is one. Mm-hmm. I really don't think that there is a guy that plays with the physicality that he plays with combined with the speed, the quickness, the raw instinct. Yeah. It's just the complete package. There's nothing that he cannot do on the football field. And uh, Jaguar fans should really be excited about the future with that guy. And speaking of the future, Dante Fowler, Unique Ngakwe, and Miles Jack all shined in this one. Um, Dante got his first sack of the season since week two. Uh, He now has three and a half or three sacks. But yeah, he hadn't gotten to the quarterback since week two. And uh, when he got there, Marcus Mariota knew he got there. He was coming. Oh, man. He came in on, on the inside. Uh, and it was a little stunt play. With he, Malik just took the guard with him. Yeah. Dante was pretty much just untouched. And he got to Marcus Mariota, and Marcus Mariota felt that one. Put, I mean, with Dante Fowler, he, he has, he's been lackluster, just putting him on the edge and letting him go to work. Yeah. To me, he's a guy you got to man- – at this point right now, he's a guy you got to manufacture pressure. You got to move him around. You got to do different things with. But he is really good at that stuff. Yeah, he's really good playing in space and just moving. Yeah, you know he can do things that most pass rushers cannot do physically. Now he doesn't have the natural pass rush uh, yet, but he's able to do things on a field athletically and physically that other guys aren't able to do. And mm-hmm. the Jaguars have got to figure out how to get him in space and just get him. Uh, going with a full head of steam towards yeah. the quarterback, and, and it, it it's going to take some creativity. I don't know if you send him out there and just have a three down man, and then he's just wandering with the linebackers. Yeah, um, basically, kind of like a, a, a half, like just a mush rush, where you're not really sure where he's going to be coming, but he's he's just he's just wandering, looking for a spot to to to, to blitz in and try and wreak havoc. 
It's just it's it's something where they tried to plug him into a position that they had that wasn't really working out for him. Yeah, and he's just he he needs you gotta 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 get creative with him at this point in his career. Well, I do think that we can finally probably say there's no more Leo, there's no more Otto, <laughs> there's no more Lotto. We're just going to get back to regular football. Let's just get some football players. (laughs) I don't care what you call them. Now, while Dante doesn't necessarily have the natural pass rush, Yannick Ngakwe sure does. He is something else. He's able to really just wreak havoc, and he's only going to get better. He's a technician. He's a hard worker. He's already a guy that's creating pressure every game. Whether or not he gets the sacks, he's creating pressure. uh, He He can do it all. Yeah. He he, there was there was one movie he was going. I think it was Jack Conklin, the rookie. The Who's right a tackle. really impressive tackle? He, for who the yeah? Titans, Pro, so. PFF. By the way, PFF has two Titan Titans tackles in the top five this year. Amongst tackles. Amongst tackles. Yeah, that's impressive. Taylor Lewan and Jack Conklin. Yeah, I mean that, that they they're having a great year. And yeah, it's, and it kills me. It's not just that. DeMarco Murray and uh, Derrick Henry <laughs> doing everything yeah. by themselves. Those linemen are doing well. But he, he, there is one move where it looks like he was going to a speed rush, and then he takes his right arm and just shoves him about three yards downfield, yeah. and Mariota just barely gets the ball out before he, before he gets to him. It's just watching that guy play football, just watching him rush the passer, passer and see how many different ways that he can really get at the quarterback. And it's his rookie year, and he's a third-round draft pick. Yeah, I can't remember a Jaguar that at the um, defensive end position that moves the way he does when he's pass rushing. You know, really since Tony Brackens, there mm-hmm. hasn't been one. Yeah, and that's hey, he crazy. joined. He joined him right yep. with with yep. seven sacks in the season as a rookie. That's absolutely right, and Miles Jack got a chance to play a lot in this one. Yes, and he should. He really should have been playing more all year. That's that's maybe the biggest. Just like if I could sit down with Gus, what what was going on with that all year? Why was he not on the field? But I get it that Otto's not his natural position. That he's really naturally probably a get rid of weak side or a <laughs> uh, or a middle linebacker, but. Get him on the field. He's yeah. too talented, and uh, Doug obviously did that this week, yeah. and um, prop to Doug Marone for that. So, I mean, 38-17, everything was working. You got Marquise Lee throwing touchdown passes <laughs> to Blake Bortles. Uh, you got Jalen Ramsey scoring touchdowns on defense. It's just a beautiful thing. There's not a lot to complain about, and it's the first time all year I haven't been there, – there hasn't been something that was like – Really, just irking me, and I've been wanting to complain about. It's just, it was just good to have a week of football where you were like, "Man, that was fun." Yeah, everything absolutely. was clicking. It was a tough battle, and then we just kind of pulled away, and it was just, it was awesome, no doubt. And uh, for Marquise Lee, when he threw that touchdown pass, he became the first player in forty-three years in the yes. NFL to. Uh, have three touchdown catches, a kickoff return for a touchdown, and a touchdown pass. And uh, I think that's per Tad Dickman as well. Yeah. He's a PR, Jags PR guy. does a great job, obviously. Um, so just an amazing feeling, and hopefully the Jags can continue with that moving forward. 
Again, you're listening to the Generation Jaguar podcast. You can find us at Generation Jaguar on Facebook and Instagram and at Generation Jag on Twitter. And make sure to check out GenJag.com. So we'll take you around the AFC South now. Obviously, you know the Titans just lost to the Jags. What we didn't tell you is that loss to the Jags <laughs> eliminated the Titans from the playoffs. And they also, unfortunately, lost Marcus Mariota with a broken leg. Uh, you never like to see a guy get hurt, especially not a guy that's just such a good person and good quarterback like Marcus. But, you know. Did you, did you see that the Titans shipped out the playoff tickets? Yes, yes. <laughs> those poor Titans fans. That makes me so happy that we just dashed their dreams. Yeah, so s- some Titans fans uh, received their playoff tickets prior to them actually making the playoffs. Because they just, all they had to do was beat the Jags. Right. And then do and then take care of business against the Texans. Yep. So it didn't happen, and uh, obviously that's great news for Jaguars fans. But what that does mean is the Texans are again the AFC South champion, and they will be representing us in the playoffs. Hopefully, hopefully looking pretty terrible. Hopefully getting <laughs> their butts handed to them, because uh, screw the Texans, obviously. Now the Colts. Similarly to the Jaguars, they also injured a quarterback and took him out with a broken leg. They went out and uh, lost to the Raiders, but they did they did uh, break Derek Carr's leg, unfortunately, for the Raiders, and uh, that's a really tough loss for Jack Del Rio and the Raiders. Um, obviously, Matt McGloin is their backup. They're not going to be able to make it in the playoffs. They might win a game if they get lucky, but if they yeah. maybe go up against Houston. Yeah, <laughs> and he and he was a big part of why they won. I mean, they didn't. Uh, he was their MVP, no question. They, their defense has been they've been getting better week by week, but they're they they've been near the bottom of the league statistically. No. Yeah, that was their, Derek Carr's team. Their running game they couldn't they couldn't decide on a main back. Latavius Murray was. Supposed to be their bell cow. Yeah, but. and he, he has been later in the season. Uh, he struggled with injury. Mm-hmm. I only know so much about Latavius because he was on my uh, You're the resident team. bro on Latavius yeah. Murray and all things Murray. <laughs> but, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's rough when, when you lose a young quarterback like that on such a promising year when no one expected you to do what they do. Yeah, people thought they would be... Better than they have been, but I don't think anybody thought that they, excuse me, that they would perhaps be a number one seed. They're going to win their division. And no yeah, one picked that. Win maybe the hardest division in football, and uh, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough for Jack. I feel for Jack. I mean, it's rough. I couldn't imagine if if the Jaguars were in their position and Blake Bortles yeah. broke his leg. It'd just be. My goodness. But we don't have the luxury of being in that position, obviously. Uh, our season hasn't quite gone as it was <laughs> planned. But, you know, these things happen. So, again, the Texans have won the AFC South. They're 9-6 and six right. right now. Again, they play the Titans. So, regardless of whether the Texans or Titans win that game, the Texans will be the representative of the AFC South. And the Colts... They're seven and eight. Uh, they're who the Jaguars are playing this week. Obviously, uh, the Jaguars have a shot at keeping them under five hundred for the season. So that'll be fun to watch for for sure. Um, 
we'd be remiss if we didn't get into a little bit of Tom Coughlin talk. So uh, I feel like it's going to be a weekly thing. Yeah. <laughs> Until we finally hire somebody. Now, yesterday, Adam Schefter is the one that tweeted out the info that Tom Coughlin would be meeting with the Jaguars and interviewing with them. Uh, what we didn't know when Adam Schefter tweeted that was that Tom Coughlin actually only met with Shad Khan yesterday. Dave Caldwell wasn't in that meeting. And a lot of the people inside the Jaguars building didn't even know that was going to be happening. Um, so that's that's interesting. I mean, what does that mean for Dave Caldwell? If Shad Khan's bringing in Tom and talking to him without Dave in the room, uh, if I was Dave Caldwell, that'd make me nervous. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it... When I fir- my first reaction is it's a guy who's going on his third head coaching head coach under his regime. Yeah. Because Mike Malarkey, Mike Malarkey was here under his first year and then obviously got the boot. Um, to me, it feels like a guy who's not used to things not going his way because he's been very successful in everything he does. Yeah. Um, he wants to meet the guy. He knows his reputation. He knows... Um, you know, he's been in this league for a long time. He wants to get it right. Yeah. Well, there's no question. Khan's got to get it right this time. Uh, now, whether or not Dave Caldwell's going to be going to be the Jaguars GM in the future is now unclear. It seemed very clear that he would be based on Shad's comments after the firing of Gus Bradley. Because he basically said, you know, Caldwell's going to lead mm-hmm. the search for our next head coach. And then since then, things have not looked that way. You know, Shad goes out and hires a outside guy to try yeah. to come in and lead the coaching search and help out with that. And that's that's unprecedented, really, yeah. in football. Um, and also, I mean, it, it might not it might not necessarily be doom and gloom for uh, for Dave Caldwell this year because obviously I, I don't think they would let him hire a coach and then get rid of him. But it's a guy who. Whether or not Dave Caldwell is here, the coach is probably going to be there. And Shad Khan's going to be there. Yeah. So he's got to be able to sign off on him and say, okay, you know, this is a guy I believe that can lead our team. Not just Dave Caldwell, because he might not be here for very long. Yeah, and that's an awkward position, yeah. kind of, for coaches coming in. Am I going to outlast the GM? Am I going to get scrapped if the GM gets scrapped? How's that going to work? Uh, the reports have been that there's been an overwhelming uh, response to the Jaguars' coaching vacancy in the league, but it's got to give some guys pause, that mm-hmm. type of situation, when they're looking at the potential landing spots for them being becoming the, the next head coach. And uh, I, think, I think there's a lot to like. Well, there, I, mean, I agree 100%. They're, they're, and the biggest thing to me is they're saying they're not a head, the new head coach coming in will not be tied down to Blake Bortles. Yeah, it's not mandated that they have you know, to start him. Obviously, there's going to be says that. Yeah, I don't really believe him <laughs> very much. I think what Dave would like to do this off season is he would like to bring in some competition. Now, I'm not saying bring in Tony Romo because that's not a competition. <laughs> if Tony Romo's in Jacksonville, Tony Romo's a starter because he's going to be making twenty million a year. Well, Andy's just better than Blake Bortles. <laughs> well, true. <laughs> you know, so I don't think. I don't think Caldwell would like to bring in a guy like that. Now, I think your next coach maybe would like to do that, and Chad Khan might like to do that as well. So I think Caldwell is going to do everything he can 
for Blake to start next year, honestly. I really don't believe him when he says there's no mandate. He's not going to go up to the coach and be like, look, Blake's starting, but I think he's going to do everything he can to get Blake to start next year. Well, let's Okay, let's say next year somehow we go 10-6, and six, we're in the playoffs. Blake's not starting. Is Caldwell going to get heat for drafting Blake and not – and then and bringing on a new guy that brought us to the playoffs, no. winning winning heals no, all. Absolutely not. You know if <laughs> if he uh, if Blake is a miss, which it looks like he is right now, if Blake is a miss and Caldwell is able to replace him with someone else, then no, Caldwell's fine in my yeah. opinion. Uh, now, it, obviously, it doesn't take away the fact that Bortles is a miss or it's a, potentially it's a, a miss. It's kind but, of a big black mark on his career. But it's not something that is necessarily a death penalty if right. the wins are there. Absolutely. Which they're not. He's part of this 15-48 and 48 record as much as yeah. anybody else. So, uh, obviously, some new talent needs to be brought in <laughs> this, this April and uh, this offseason. But we'll see what happens with that. It's really interesting. And, obviously, no news yet has come out from those meetings with uh, Tom and the Jaguars' ownership and management. So we'll obviously keep everyone updated as soon as there's more news on that. You can check Jim Jag's Twitter to stay up to date on all that type of stuff. But uh, do you want Tom Coughlin? What do you think? Um, my easy, simple answer, no. Okay. I mean, to me, him being brought in would be a stopgap. A guy that would come in, correct things, until you get your guy. Because he's, I don't want to, he's getting older. Yeah. He's been around for a long time. I know he wants to be in it, but at a certain point, things aren't going to go his way. And things kind of didn't go his way at the end when he was in uh, in New York. No, Not saying didn't. that there's... And there's people that said, Giants fans and Giants media, you know... Those last two years weren't just because there was a lack of talent. That there was a little bit of uh, he still had the same quarterback. Poor game management and situations like that going they on. That's some, not what you want to hear. Man, they had some of the worst clock management at the end of games. Yeah, I have seen. So that's obviously not positive. That's not a positive in Coughlin's corner, obviously. But uh, I, I'm not going to be at all upset if Coughlin's the guy. I really don't care that he's 70. Um, I think if you can get any good years out of anyone, that that's good. Yeah, like the Jaguars I, yeah, haven't had a good year. <laughs> this is very true. Since if you can get some sort of success, so if you can get anything out of yeah. anyone, do it. You know, yeah, uh, this is true. That's how I feel about that. I'm kind of on my elitist elitist podium, <laughs> just like I want the best. Give me the best. Yeah, and I need to learn. I, we got to take what we can get. Yeah, and you know, really funny stat from Coughlin. His winning percentage in Jacksonville was his exact same winning percentage in New York. Really? Yeah. So his career winning percentage and his winning percentage in New York and his winning percentage in Jacksonville are all 531. Is that not really strange? <laughs> That's bizarre. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? It's such a statistical anomaly, I guess. But, yeah, 531 isn't great, really. I mean, you're winning a few... A, I guess that'd probably be like a nine and seven average record between eight. Yeah, between eight and nine. Um, so you know, it's not great, but 
would I take nine and seven? Yes, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and that's not to say that he hasn't had more success than nine and seven because he certainly has. But he's also had the down years, which isn't what you want to see. Yeah, the the Giants under him were. It was really strange. Yeah, they, they were, were up, up and down. And down. He was seemingly always on the hot seat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you then know, he would they win had, the Super Bowl and then get two get Super Bowl runs. and then you would get on the hot seat. And you're like, I, we better win another Super Bowl to get these guys off my back. Like, yeah, let me just go beat Bill Belichick twice in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Who knows how that happens? But you know, he's had some incredibly positive years, and then he's had some not so positive years. But even his down years are better than what the Jaguars have yeah. had lately. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm not, I don't have a problem You'll with You'll take Coughlin. the good with the bad. Yeah, I have no problem with him. Obviously, there's plenty of other qualified candidates. Yeah. I, I, just, I think one is the interim head coach right now, yeah. but, you know. I, and that's part of the reason I don't want Coughlin is because there's so much out there. And and that's assuming that they want the job as well. Right. Um, obviously, I think... You got a guy like Doug Marone. I would take him over Coughlin. Okay. No. And I would I would think that he would be. He's already on the staff. I would think that he would be perfectly okay and willing to lead. Yeah, staff. I think it would be really cool to see Todd Wash get another shot with this defense. Mm-hmm. And I think if uh, Marone was named the full time head coach, I think Todd Wash probably would get another shot because he he's got talent on that side of the ball, obviously, mm-hmm. but. To go from where this defense was with Bob Babich <laughs> to where it is now is really just in such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. It, there was a lot. It's of unprecedented. Added, though. Yeah, there were, but it's unprecedented. There's basically and to get it gel to gel so quickly. Yeah, I mean, three of the four starters in the secondary are brand new. Yep. You got three starters on the defensive line that are brand new. You got yep. one new linebacker. Not a starter. Not a, well, listed as a starter. <laughs> doesn't play that much. Yeah. So, I mean, there's... Yeah. I guess adding all that in and being able to get that to gel right. is something that you can look back and say coaching. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just... I'm so ready to just clean house and start over. <laughs> I get that. I think a lot of Jaguar fans are, and I think a lot of Jaguar fans are probably like, no, we can't have Doug Marone. He's, he was the assistant head coach when we were this bad. It's partly his <laughs> fault, too, you know? Which, I mean, Todd Wash is a top five defense at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, well top, top ten. I would say they're a top ten unit as a whole. Obviously, in terms of yardage allowed, they're – Clearly a top five defense, but the turnovers weren't there yeah. all year, and the sacks weren't there all year. So that's a big, that's that's big. You need yeah. those to be a really good defense. Um, now they've come at times, uh, but obviously not enough to be, um, not enough to win you more games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I love. I love Coughlin. I love Marone. I'd be fine with either of them. Who else are you looking at? I I like Mike Smith still. Yeah, I mean he he's he's proven he knows he can take a team to the to the playoffs. Yeah. Um. Josh McDaniels, Todd Haley, Jim uh, Bob. Todd, mm. I've heard I mean, Jim Bob's name a lot today. Jim Bob Cooter and somebody was on Twitter earlier. Just saying, That's that great. would be the most Duval thing 
to ever happen. That's great name. To allow us to just be running around yelling Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> that that. Would be, okay. All right. I'm, <laughs> that would be... I would really, really like that. I want to live that life. But I, <laughs> I want to win football games more. Yeah. That, and I think we all if, do. If he's, if he's the guy, then he's the guy. And I'm going to celebrate it. And I'm going to shout Jim Bob Cooter from the top of a mountain. <laughs> but, I mean... Not a mountain in Jacksonville, though, because we don't have those here. No, we're garbage. We're a terrible city. <laughs> yeah, um, Jacksonville doesn't have mountains. Screw them. <laughs> they shouldn't be in the United States. Um, but, no, I mean, to me, I, give me an offensive mind. That's the way the league's going. Um, you got players on defense. Uh, yeah, realistically, anybody who comes in and runs that defense should be able to do a yeah. decent job because there's just too much talent not to. And add in the fact that there's probably going to be another pass rusher added into the mix next year. There should be. That could be a, could be a first round pick or early round pick or a free agent, you mm. know. So or even trade. You never know. Uh, now we're going to need to get into Jaguars and Colts, the final game of the 2016 season for the Jaguars. It's on uh, January 1st. Pretty interesting that we're going to have a New Year's Day game. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Jaguars travel up to Indy this week, and they're going to try to keep the Colts from 500 record and, uh, you know, try to have some really positive momentum heading into 2017. And do you think that's important at all, whether or not the Jaguars win this game? Obviously, it's not going to make or break the 2017 season or define it, but do you think it would be good to get – you know, get going in the right step. I mean, you always want to win. Yeah. You always want to have something positive to look back on and say, hey, look, the last two games, we really showed improvement. And plus, the last two games of the season have been coached by a different coach who's trying to get the job. Right. So that's, that's it's this game is huge to, to Doug you, Marone. I was going to say, do you think it helps, hurts, or doesn't matter for Marone if they win? I mean, if if we look like we did last week, it's much more of the beginning of a trend than it is just a blip on the radar. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, last week could very well have been an outlier and we get blown out. I really hope we don't get blown out this week. I really hope we continue what we did last week. Andy ain't going to blow anybody out right now. I mean, hey, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Although they did blow out Minnesota, I think. Yeah, that was ugly. But, you know, that's <laughs> but Minnesota. But, right I now. mean, it, it's huge for Doug Marone. It's, it's big for a lot of these players that are going to have a new head coach. And this might be the last time to just put some plays on tape yeah, and say, show me what you got. Show me why we should keep you. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into the hot and heavy discussion on the game, we'll uh, give you a little injury report. Again, this is Thursday, uh, December 29th. We're a couple days away from the game here. So on Thursday, the... Uh, Colts, they had a couple of uh, players not participating, most notably Dante Moncrief, who, when healthy, is easily one of the best number two receivers in football. Mm. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Um, He really came out of nowhere uh, a few years ago, and he's just a really solid player. Can really kind of do it all on offense for them. Excuse me. Darius Butler also was a non-participant with a concussion, and so was Rashawn Melvin. So they don't have too much going on with their injury report. Uh, Andrew Luck 
was limited on Thursday today, which you got to imagine he's going to be out there playing for the final game. Uh, now, on the Jaguars side, there are quite a few notable um, what? notable guys. Most of them are limited, thankfully. Yeah. But uh, Kelvin Beecham, Luke Buenko, Alex Ellis, Chris Ivory, Ben Koyak, Mark Eastley, Denard Robinson, all limited. Um, obviously, most of those guys, if not all of them, should be able to go on Sunday. Cross the fingers. <laughs> right. Now, the one guy who we haven't seen in a long time and Jaguars fans would love to see back out there, it does not seem like he's going to be able to make another appearance in this season, who is Alan Hearns. He's been out with a hamstring since uh, sometime in November, and uh, it's just unfortunate for him. It was a really rough season. It was, seemed like he just was getting rocked yeah. all year, get, been getting put in uh, negative positions for him, and it finally caught up to him, and it doesn't look like we're going to see him again. He's been out for three straight weeks? At least, yeah. 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 I mean, it's... It, we and we even I think we even commented on the podcast. Is he going to come back? Because uh, just put him on IR. I mean, he's he hasn't practiced in in weeks. Yeah. Well, at it's, this point, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't look like he's going to play. But Neil Sterling also was a non-participant. He has a concussion issue. He's going through the concussion protocol. And Sterling's a guy that you obviously want to see play as much as you can because you want to know what you have with him. Yeah. Uh, and moving it, forward. It's it's it'd be nice um, uh, as many tight ends as we can get healthy would be good. I meant to bring this up during the Titans uh, recap. Recap. Yeah, um, we played sixty five plays out of seventy two in the eleven personnel. Right, which is, which is three wide three receivers. wide receivers, one tight end, and you know. Just because of lack of bodies. Right. That wasn't something that we wanted to have to do, but it's something that we did, and it's something that worked. Yeah. Now, I I remember specifically seeing some stats earlier this year. Blake Bortles is much better in three wide receiver sets. So the Jags need to focus on that, in my opinion. Obviously, other teams will catch on to that and... But mixing that in. Right. Yeah. You got to use it more often. Absolutely. They, they tried to become so heavy and... And just depend and rely on the run yeah. and try and force it, and it just wasn't happening. And it, when you got when you have guys like Marquise Lee, Allen Robinson, and Allen Hearns, get them which on the field together. Allen Hearns hasn't played in right. a couple weeks, but, but I mean Brian Walters is playing like he, a beast he, last. This week. past game, he impressed me. <laughs> yeah, well, I he, was he all, played really good, but also Bortles was just on the money when he was throwing yeah. to him. There were several throws where Walters wasn't really like open, open. He just well, put it in the perfect place. Yeah, so the only other guy that was a non-participant today was Jordan Hill, the defensive tackle. He has a calf that he's battling. So, you know, Jaguars are going to be fairly healthy for this one, as healthy as you really can be for Week 17 in the NFL. Oh, TJ on, on IR now. Right, yeah, we didn't mention that. That happened this week. TJ's on IR, and uh, his second straight year finishing on IR Obviously, things haven't gone the way that he or the Jaguars would have liked with his first two seasons. He's shown many flashes of brilliance, but he's not a guy that's going to run away and break away and have huge runs, but he's a guy that can do some positive things for you, obviously, and the Jaguars will miss him. Uh, With his absence, they'll obviously need Denard, who's limited, Mm -hmm. to be able to go. 
Yeah, um, Corey Grant played more snaps last week than yeah. he has all season. Yeah. Which I think he played 27 snaps this past game. Yeah, and he shows flashes too. Yeah, he, he's he's such a quick guy. You, you, you'd love to take advantage of that speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's got to be able to translate onto the football field. Yeah, it does. Um, and, you know, more opportunity to show it could be better for him, obviously. So the Colts, they have... Gosh, just one of the most talented offenses you could ask for. Uh, they've got a great special teams unit. They just don't have a freaking defense. They can't stop anybody, and uh, it's really killing them this year. They have a team, an offense that is, a, in my opinion, a Super Bowl-caliber offense. You've got Dante Moncrief and T.Y. Hilton. Hilton's got another season where he's got 85 catches, 1,300 <laughs> yards, six touchdowns. You've still got Frank Gore, who... He's not playing great football as a runner, but he's a very complimentary player. He's almost 1,000 yards yeah, on the season. He's got almost 1,000 yards. He's also got 247 attempts, so he's sitting right <laughs> under four yards of carry. Um, but uh, he, with his ability to also catch the ball out of the backfield, is really a dangerous weapon for them. Uh, he has 36 catches and four receiving touchdowns on the year, so <laughs> he's a dangerous guy, and then... Like we said, they've got Moncrief and T.Y. Hilton. They've got Jack Doyle and Dwayne Allen at tight end, two really good guys. And they've got Philip Dorsett. The offensive line the O-line's is not definitely great. A questionable. No question. We got six sacks in the last game. Yeah. The Jaguars are going to have to get after them. Yeah. Absolutely. And they should be able to. Um but, you know, they've got Adam Vinatieri, one of the best kickers ever to play. He's mm. still kicking it great. Pat McAfee is probably the best the, punter The do-it-all punter-kicker combo. <laughs> yeah, Pat McAfee's averaging 49 yards a punt. That's just ridiculous. Uh, and then they've got the former Jaguar, Jordan Tobman, returning kicks for them. He's averaging <laughs> 30 yards a kick return. He's playing great football. He has a one-touchdown uh, kickoff return for a touchdown this year, too. And Yeah, he's shown the ability to do that. I mean, when he was with the Jaguars kick returner, he had a very solid average, too. He's a good football player. Um, so they've really got almost all the pieces except for that defense. It's atrocious. It, it really is. So I mean, bad. they've got some talent. I mean, Vontae Davis is a talented player. Yeah, he's... Quell Jackson's talented but aging, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but you know these Robert guys. Robert Mathis. Yeah. He's another aging, super aging. Player. Trent Cole, super old now. Antonio Cromartie. Yeah. I forgot he was. You on forget the team. he's even playing for them. I think he's. I think he's um, or, on injured reserve now. Oh, I think they cut him actually. I'm not sure. We're gonna find out what's going <laughs> well, on with Antonio Cromartie for you. Sorry, quick. we're just reminiscing on all the uh, all the players that are on their their lineup right now. Yeah, but. The Jaguars, in my opinion, have a favorable matchup this week. Absolutely. Um, Blake Bortles has not thrown an interception against the Colts since uh, his rookie season. So he's got three straight clean games against the Colts, which I don't think you can say that about any other divisional opponent for the Jaguars. And hasn't lately hasn't been turning the ball over very much at all. Yeah. In the past couple of games this year. Yeah, I mean, last last week he played a clean football game. Obviously, he, he, he played probably the best performer. game of the season. Oh, I, I thought oh, you were sorry. talking about the week before. Oh, yeah, no, this yeah. past week. He, Against the Titans, yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh, Bortles should have a shot to head into the 2016-2017 offseason with 
a couple clean games in a row, a couple of wins in a row, and uh, really probably a refreshing mindset, refreshed attitude. Uh, I think, obviously, the Colts' biggest threat to the Jaguars is T.Y. and uh, Andrew Luck, that combination. I'll take Jalen. Yeah, well, <laughs> now, against the Colts the last time these two teams played, T.Y. Hilton was able to bust yeah. a couple coverages. Now, it only bit the Jaguars once because the other time they just the Colts missed it big time. But T.Y. should have had two long, really long touchdowns. And it was clearly a miscommunication between Jalen Ramsey and Tashawn Gibson on that. And I'm sure that's something that the Jaguars have gone over and yeah. will definitely make sure to revisit heading into this week. But um, obviously... Against such a potent offense, you cannot give up that big play. No, It'll it's kill you. And, and, and it's something that they've been doing a pretty good job on the past couple of weeks. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think in the Minnesota game, they gave, a, they gave up a couple pretty big plays. But the past few weeks, I mean, when you're playing against Brock Osweiler and Tom Savage. Pretty, in, I mean, Savage had some he nice, played well. some nice plays. But yeah, Brock <laughs> clearly couldn't get anything going for them, but... You know, it's been one hell of a 2016 season. Obviously, it's been very disappointing, but we've had a good first season doing the podcast. This will be our last podcast during the season. No! Yeah, so next no. week when we do the podcast, we're going to be post-season, post-Jaguar season. The Jaguar but. Super Bowl is what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, thanks for joining us this year and for this episode, and we just really appreciate having everybody listen to us and all the support we've received. Again, I'm Jordan DeLugo. I'm here with Scott Klein. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check out Generation Jaguar at Generation Jaguar on Facebook and Instagram and at Generation Jag on Twitter. See ya! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.